Creativity is an expression of intuition, imagination, and inspiration. And if you can hone in on your intuition and imagination, inspiration comes, and then the active part, which is creativity, can come in your life. I'm your host, Sarah Boss, and welcome to Attainable Podcast. Guys, this is a different type of intro. I'm finally, I mean, well, welcome to the Attainable Podcast and all of that. You know the drill. If you're new here, you don't know the drill. Hey, I'm so happy that you are coming on this episode because this episode is so good. I need you to prepare your hearts, clench your butts because I adored this interview. Like, so this is part of our creative series. This is episode uh, like two of the creative series. Um, and I am um, interviewing Katie Chatham and she is an incredible visual artist. Please, please. You have to, obviously with um, art, you got to go to her Instagram and her TikTok, check out her paintings. They are so unique and incredibly powerful. Um, and you will know exactly what I mean when you see them. And this interview was so informative about the creative process and how we as as humans and as creatives turn like absolutely nothing into something which is the whole theme of this entire series so I know you're gonna love it um and without further ado here's Katie go support her and yeah love you guys so much talk to you later here's the interview Hi, Katie. Thank you so much for coming on the Attainable Podcast. I can't believe that you're here and I'm seeing your paintings behind you. And this feels like very surreal and very cool for me. Well, same here. I really appreciate the opportunity of you having me on. So thank you. Um, yeah, I, you're, I remember I've discovered you on TikTok. Your TikTok is fantastic. Your social is fantastic. Um, do you do that by yourself? I do it all by myself. Yeah. That takes so much. So, um, you're doing a fantastic job. And, uh, so when I reached out to you, I was like, oh my gosh, I hope she answers. Cause I love your work. Um, and I'm super fascinated to hear about your creative process and from you and how you sort of created your own style and all that kind of stuff. Um, but can you give a, and oh, for those of you who are watching the video, um, or if you're not watching the video, rather, see if, if you're on Spotify, go ahead and, and look at the video because she's got paintings behind her and go take a look at her socials because it definitely gives a visual of her art um, and it's unique and it's amazing and it's extremely powerful. Um, so, but uh, can you give a brief introduction about you, what you do um, and sort of about your art as well? Yeah, so I would describe myself as a visual artist who explores universal themes related to the human experience, such as our capacity for change and the process of transformation that we go through as people. Um, I, I like to touch on universal themes because I think the power of connection is just, you know, unmeasurable. And we're all more alike than we like to think sometimes. And I find that very inspiring. So that's what I explore within my work with uh, dramatic figurative imagery. Yes, um, you use a lot of red. How did you choose red? Because it's it's sort of a theme in your work. Yeah, so I use blood as a symbol of life, death, and rebirth. I think sometimes we have to let parts of ourselves die in order to rebuild and become anew. And um, I think it's a very powerful symbol just within history. It has like a lot of you know, religious context stand outside of that, just as far as um, like within other cultures too, within um, traditional folklore around the world. Um, it's a very large symbol. So 
um, I thought it was appropriate to use um, as far as, you know, diving into universal themes and such as transformation. So, yeah. So yeah, that's why I use blood and I love like the like color of it. I just think it's just so intense emotionally and visually. Um, it creates this like vis visceral reaction sometimes when viewing. So, yeah. But I think that's, I mean, that's why it's so cool. Like, I mean, it is scroll stopping, I suppose, like when oh. you see it. Um, so like I, I, I absolutely loved it. And I, and you do a great job of really conveying a very powerful message um, for, so this is sort of, you know, I think you've probably evolved quite a bit where, when did you start? Um, when did you start really being an artist and um, even like taking, I think they're similar to when influences like when did you start taking like social media seriously I imagine there's probably a time when artists take their own art and creativity seriously um Absolutely. and fascinated by that especially somebody I used to think that um people were just born and they know how to draw they know how to paint they know how to sing um and I still sometimes fight with that because it comes from a place of like oh I can't draw I can't paint I can't sing whatever um, and so I would love to hear your origin story and sort of how you've developed your art from the beginning. So in high school, I took like maybe one art class and then, well, that was like one drawing class and then a ceramics class. I was not into art. I wasn't in an art club at all. I would just sketch on some of my papers. Like, yeah, I did it very casually and I did it as just a creative um, respite, kind of just a, a break from what was going on in my life at the time. And I didn't start pursuing it seriously until college. So that was 2016. Um, I started out at Auburn University and um, was in their art department. And I think around 2018, I wanted to really up my game and try to find my voice as an artist. So I transferred to Savannah College of Art and Design and that's where things started happening for me in my art practice and where I made some of my favorite works now. So, um, yeah. When you, what does that look like to find your voice in art and really hone your own skill? Um, I've, I think that this is really interesting because what fascinates me about creativity and art especially um, is that you don't know what the ending is going to look like. Um, so, you know, sometimes it's portraits and things like that, but, um, you know, especially with your art, where I want to hear, I guess, if there's inspiration and it, it seems like there's a lot of times when you don't know, and I think a lot of artists trust. So I imagine that finding your own style mm -hmm. is probably a very personal process, a very um, probably kind of painful process, um, an uncomfortable process. What was that like? What do you, what does it even mean to like find your own voice? So I was so blessed to have a professor who kind of helped extract it from me. Um, I took a narrative painting class and the man's name is Steven Knudsen. So if he ever sees this, uh, he's amazing. Um, and he made us select um, a narrative that spoke to us in a certain way. And I chose John Milton's Paradise Lost. And for context, the intro is um, Lucifer's Fall from Heaven. So, and Milton wrote it in a way that was kind of bizarre. Um, you actually sympathized with the devil. 
And I thought that was really interesting because I wasn't viewing it in like a religious context at all. I was just, you know, reading it as a work of literature that could be under, understood and analyzed. And, um, and that's where the dramatic imagery began. Um, and then what I kind of realized was I was interested in the hero's journey archetype, which is an archetype found within stories and cultures around the world um, and throughout time. So that's what I tapped into within my work and just kept building upon it there. I think it's a constant process of like having an idea and like connecting other ideas to it. And if it doesn't work, scratch it, you know, rebuild. It's just a network kind of that you build upon. Um, yeah, I think that answers one of your questions. You had a few questions. Yeah, is, sort of sort of wrapped in there, yeah. Yeah, um, and I think it's really interesting. So I listened to your other podcast with, I think Sarah who designed swimwear and y'all were talking about like, you know, what is creativity and where does it come from? Yeah. Um, and I think that's a really interesting conversation because it's something that seems like intangible, you know, shoot, where does it come from? Um, and I think for me, I, I've pinpointed that creativity is an expression of intuition, imagination, and inspiration. And if you can hone in on your intuition and imagination, inspiration comes and then the active part, which is creativity can come in your life. And I think creativity is like anything else. It's a tool that can be sharpened, but until you really tap into the other three, it's hard to get to. So interesting. Yeah. I think that's where you find your voice as well. You have to get really quiet <laughs> and listen to your insane thoughts. So yeah. Um, how much of it is, is when you're connecting these ideas is sort of like, I'll call us like spitballing, like a trial and error. Wait, what? Can you repeat that? Sorry, my cat. All good. Um, how much of, of that, when you're talking about like, you know, I start with an idea and then you kind of yeah. connect ideas, how much of that is, uh, like spitballing or trial and error, um, and mm -hmm. almost like shooting in the dark and seeing what sticks is that? Do you, would you say that describes that process or is it more organized? <laughs> so it is more organized. That's the initial part of the process. That's the hardest part of my process is taking it from like idea form to physical form. So my process goes from idea to revising it either on paper, like writing out what like the scenario that I want. Um, and then it goes into trying to physically create it. So I make reference photos for my paintings because I cannot work from memory. I mean, I haven't tried to, but it just seems really hard. So I have no interest in trying to, <laughs> um, yeah. but yeah. So bringing it from idea form to being able to create a photo shoot that can do my idea justice is by far the hardest part. Um, and um, sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. And I have a ton of painting ideas that I haven't pursued just because I don't know how to bring it about physically. Like they're so grand that it's like, is it a possibility? Maybe one day, I don't know. Um, but yeah, so it is trial and error. Sometimes stuff works, sometimes it doesn't. And you just have to keep on pushing what does, so. 
Um, I've this, I'm, my head's like exploding. And so I'm, I'm organizing my questions, like making sure I don't forget. Cause I'll get really consumed in the conversation. And then I'll have three questions that I'll completely forget. Um, so what role does guardrails have, um, maybe in the initial process and by guardrails, I mean, prompts and, um, like for instance, for that class, it kind of started with like that narrative and that's how you, um, yeah. that was kind of your jumping off point. And yeah, what role does that in, in, um, have in I get the early process and even, you know, do, prof, you know, experienced artists use, you know, start with something and not sort of a blank space and hope something comes. Does that yeah. make sense? Oh, absolutely. I think it really depends on the artist personally, because for my work, yes, absolutely. I think my idea is my guardrail um, because I make figurative art. I already have an idea of what I want anyway, and I follow it. Right. But with a lot of artists, I found that they can just take a blank canvas and start making work, like especially with the nature of their work too, if they're an abstract artist or just, you know, something different than what I do. It, it can be more organic, such as just doing it in the moment. Um, I don't find that something that I enjoy doing. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I love guardrails. I love something to go from and I, I work best with parameters. Um, and even constraints too, like within my art practice, I started with a limited palette or not initially, not in like 2018, but when, once I developed um, my painting technique and skill a little bit, I, I only worked with a limited palette and it like helped. an actual, like limited colors. Yes. Okay. Yeah. It, it helped build a style within my work. And also I wasn't consumed by every other like opportunity right like I think sometimes we like freeze in the face of so many options and Me. opportunities especially nowadays yeah with being everything's thrown at you you know um and so I found like a lot of peace in that and and yeah so I would say like it's even nice for me to create guardrails for myself not just like um in the conceptual part but within like the real physical part so yeah. um I have two, two questions and I, it's, I'm deciding which one I want to ask first. Um, well, I'll start with this. Do you, so do you think that you can, well, the ideas that you have in the very beginning of your creative process. Um, and then I think you said that you move on to writing, which I want to touch on. Um, mm -hmm. is that a feeling in that, do you think you can actually feel a feeling and then make it into something physical? Yes, kind of. It's like you have an intense feeling. So what happens when like, in the initial stages, when like inspiration strikes, I'll mm -hmm. be either listening to a song or like watching a movie and it hits. Like it is, you just feel it in your body. Um, and then typically imagery comes to mind. And that's when the network starts. Start with, starts with like a little grain, a little idea. And then it just starts branching off and branching off. Um, like what is possible for me? You know, what can I execute? That kind of thing. Um, like what is feasible? Uh, and that's kind of the direction my mind goes as far as like when I, when I feel inspiration, it does start with the feeling and then imagery moves in shortly after. Um, kind of tangent, but not really because it deals with like creativity and intuition. I wrote a book called Stealing Fire um, by Stephen Kotler and one other author a couple years ago. And I bring this up because 
it, um, it deals with altered states of consciousness and different ways different people go about them, like artists, athletes, and like Navy SEALs. Like it just, it's a spectrum of people um, who drop into this thing called flow state. And um, it has to do with like intuition and creativity, I think. I wrote down a passage from it that I'd like to like share. 100%. Love it. Yeah. Um, I wrote this down. I'm like, I am for sure reading this. Yeah. Yeah. It's really interesting. And it deals with like the creative process as well. Like I think getting really quiet, whether through like meditation or anything else really helps intuition open up and that parts of yourself open up to like flow freely, flow freely into creativity and that kind of thing. Um, So yeah, there's a passage that says, Plato described ecstasis, which is flow state, as an altered state where our normal waking consciousness vanishes completely, replaced by an intense euphoria and powerful connection to a greater intelligence. And you said it starts with a feeling, right? And I think that kind of references that too. It does start with a feeling, a connection, a connection that is almost indescribable. Um, and yeah, I don't know. I think it's all connected, you know? Yeah. No, it is indescribable. And, um, I, I, I asked that because I've had moments where I have felt something and been inspired and then been frustrated because I don't have an outlet. <laughs> and so oh, absolutely. Like, yeah. what does this mean? And I, and I think that's, um, that's just kind of what happens. You have to wrestle with that. I, I saw something, and this is a concept that I've read about as well, but I saw a TikTok about it and I thought it was interesting. I wanted your take on it. Um, mm-hmm. she was actually referencing somebody else that said, um, that creativity or inspiration rather has a, has a timestamp. Um, and when something hits you, like you, and she was talking about creating videos, but I think that this can expand. Um, yeah. when something hits you, when like you get an idea, which if you read, um, big magic by, um, Elizabeth Gilbert, she has a similar, like, it's almost like ideas don't have an owner. They go around and then they kind of circulate yeah. circulate, and then they'll enter somebody. But if you're not ready, or if you're not going to take it, they move on type of thing. Um, and she was like, if you don't act on that right, then like, it's going to have an expiration and, and that will go away. Do you think that's true? Um, I don't think, I don't think in black and white. So I don't think it's fully true. I think sometimes, yes, absolutely. You need to, in order to remember this, like remember them, remember the ideas, remember the inspiration when it hits, write it down, just write it down. It can stay in your notebook forever, but as long as it's kind of in a physical form, you can mm-hmm. always come back to it. Um, so, so yes and no. I would yeah. like agree to it with a certain extent. Like with me, if I were to not write my ideas down, oh yeah, they'd be gone forever. Like too. Yeah, they'd be totally gone. But I think as long as you kind of take action, take some form of action and just like put it on paper or type it out or anything, then then you're in the safe zone. But but sure, yeah. I mean, if you just ignore your intuition and imagination, it's not gonna it's not gonna, I don't know, build into something beautiful. So yeah. Agreed. No, it's like a muscle. Um, and it you know, it, yeah. it's something that you kind of have to exercise often to see. And that's the thing about art too. You know, I think some people are natural at certain things. Sure. I mean, as far as like athletes go and like other professions too. Yeah. I mean, I think you can be a natural at anything, but 
art is like anything else and creativity is like anything else. It just has to be built and, and practiced and yeah. Yeah. That's something that I'm definitely learning like throughout this series. And as I talk to people, um, so with that, okay. So writing down your ideas that, that brings me to my question. Can you walk me through or us through rather that process again of, so you, you write down your ideas, like you start with words. Yes. Well, no, I start like it all starts in here and then I start making connections. And if I create a good scenario in my mind that I think is worth pursuing, then I will get my journal out and I'll just write painting idea, put a star by it and then write however long it takes to communicate what the idea is. Would you mind giving like um, sort of an example, maybe with one of your actual works, like how that happened with as much that you're comfortable sharing? So I don't so this is my different journal. This is like my notes journal that I want yeah. to, to like share with you. Um, my other journals in there. And I don't know, I feel weird sharing that just because it's yes, so no, personal. That's very personal. Yes. Yeah. But I will literally just write the context. So I'll write like, okay, the figure is in what kind of outfit. In okay. Gotcha. Kind of setting. Yeah. Like that kind of stuff. Um, I need to get a separate art journal for it, but I've really just been writing it within my like regular journal, hoping that it'll, I can find them when I need them. Um, but yeah, I just, I do it all in there and I just give the context and kind of color scheme, just however much I develop it in my mind. That's what I write down. Yeah. I think you're the second, um, artist that I've spoken to. I'm not just in a series um, that yeah. has had a concept of words or journaling before a piece, which when I first yeah. heard that, I was like, that's, that's very organized. And as somebody, you know, I just think that yeah. things happen out of thin air and out of masterpiece and an amazing talent that I don't have. It just flops on the page and it's like amazing um, or the, on the canvas, oh. but that I was like, oh, there is like so much more of a process to this. Oh, it's, it's all process. Honestly, most of it is process. The hardest part is doing the process prior to the painting portion. Mm-hmm. Um, and I wasn't always like that. I, I didn't journal even for the longest time, but I found I've done it the past year and um, I have just become more creative, honestly, as a result of it, it has yeah. really helped within my art practice. Um you know, we all want to hide from parts of ourselves. I think it's just human nature. And I'm so guilty of that. And once you confront them, they really help like within whatever you're doing, honestly. So that's, it's really helped my art practice a lot. Yeah. Um, what, what role do you think, uh, like personal development has in like the development of your craft? Because it's, a prof- it's also, I mean, when you're developing art, now this is a, your professional development as well, but it's so intimate and personal to you. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's good because for the longest time I have had a hard time communicating what even my art means because it is so personal and intimate, but then I have to remind myself I'm making this to connect with people. Right. Um, and yeah, Wait, can you ask the question again? I kind of yes, <laughs> um, like and yeah, no, I kind of gave a roundabout question. Um, what role does personal development have in developing okay. your craft? I think they develop alongside each other. Um, 
being a painter and the nature of my work has taught me patience, dedication, um, openness. You really, in order, like I said, in order to be creative and have that kind of flow within your practice, you have to be honest with yourself about your ideas, what you're doing outside of art, you know, all of, all of life is connected. I'm convinced of that. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it has everything to do with it. Yeah. How do you, how do you know when a painting is done? Mm. Oof. It differs from piece to piece. Um, the last piece I finished, I was just so tired of working on it. I was like, look, I can't add any more. And I didn't need to, like, I don't want to get into like hyperrealism. Um, I like doing just enough detail that it makes sense, you know, in your mm -hmm. mind, like, and it's kind of funny too, when you look at like certain pieces of art, like I don't add every detail in there. Like if you get close up, like it, it looks detailed, but also I don't put everything in there that I could. Um, but when you step back, like just even a little bit, your mind makes up so much information. And I think that's such a cool thing about the human brain. I don't know how it does that, don't know why, but um, that is a cool part of the process. Um, but yeah. Yeah. Um, oh, I, yeah. I was found, I find that fascinating because I think that it, you can always add more and yeah. it's probably something that um, sometimes you have to wrestle with. Like, is it done? Mm -hmm. And even just making that decision, I think that would make me like frozen. Yeah. Sometimes it's an emotional decision. Like more recently, I've just been like, okay, I'm done. You know? And I then like that. I like that approach. Like I'm tired. Like it's good. We're great gotta go. It's good. We're great. Let's call it done. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I've been doing more recently, just because I think I got burnt out a couple of months ago. Um, but sometimes when I'm really enjoying a piece, like I know there's like that inner knowing that like calls out to you and it's like, all right, she's yeah. good, you know, like yeah, yeah. no more. So it kind of just depends. Yeah. yeah. What was the hardest or has been the hardest part of studying art and honing your voice and finding your own artistic style? Hmm. I think everything's already been done, right? So like, there's nothing, there's no new art, not really. You know, if you really think about it, go back in history, everything has already been done. So we're just constantly building off of each other. Um, and I wouldn't say that's hard. I think it can psych you out. And yeah. that's the hard. Part. Yeah. That, I was like, that's, that's, that's freaking me out right now. Right. So like, that's, I think that's the hard part for me. I mean, well, like not everything in the art world, not like AI stuff, you yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. Like then it gets to the technology, but like when we are talking about physical stuff, like it's pretty much already been made, like for the most part. Um, and so that can be overwhelming and trying to just focus on yourself, I think is the hard, hardest part and not, um, yeah, get too overwhelmed with what other people are doing and like, and the pace that you know, you think you should be going at. It's, it's really hard. Cause, um, you know, I enjoy selling my work. I've sold like three paintings just recently and it felt good, but I don't want my art practice to turn into like a production system. Mm -hmm. I don't want my paintings to turn into products. And that realization came to me just recently. And so I'm like, do I want to be a full-time artist, you know, in the mm -hmm. traditional sense? Um, I don't know. But 
am I always an artist no matter what? Sure. Yeah, absolutely. No matter what I do is like a profession. This will always be who I am as a person, like my identity. But yeah, I don't know. I think that's the hard part is just figuring it all out because no one teaches you. Like even in art school, like the business side of stuff and just like how to figure things out on your own, you really teach yourself. Yeah. It helps, but you really teach yourself. So yeah. Um, gosh, this has been awesome. It's so interesting to hear, um, you having to kind of decide, like, if you're going to be a full-time artist, cause that, um, I, I agree. I think that people run into that, you know, oh, I want to be an artist, but that means turning that into now you have to pay bills with it. Oh my, you have to read big magic. Cause she talks about this. <laughs> um, sure. I like, loved reading. I'm definitely reading it. After oh, it's you so good. It. It's so, so good. It's we'll like have to talk about it later. <laughs> yes. It's like giving your, yeah, yeah. We can um, totally like debrief. I want to hear what you think. Um, yeah. I got to read like back through it with like a highlighter and stuff. I think I've read it twice already. Um, but she talks about like, you can't give your uh, creativity a job. Like it's mm-hmm. a really bad employee uh, and it's it so funny. Well, and it's, and putting that constraint on creativity stifles creativity. Yeah, like putting agreed. that responsibility like a financial responsibility on the creative process, I think is totally unhealthy because those two are not related, Mm -hmm. you know, like capitalism, whatever, this is stuff of our world. Imagination, intuition is stuff of something else. You know, so like to, you know, and there are artists who do so successful, you know, making certain kinds of work and they sell their work and it, and it's fine and it works for them. But I don't want to have to sacrifice my personal vision for my art practice in order to play in the game, if that makes sense. Yeah, no, that does make sense. Um, This has been overwhelmingly awesome. I'm just, I'm bursting. This has been so, so great. I love Um, talking to you. It's been awesome. Good. I'm I'm glad you've enjoyed it. Uh, Before, I want you to absolutely blast all of your socials and everything, but um, I kind of want to end the interview of how would you define creativity? Um, so I guess I would say, like I said earlier, creativity is expressing your intuition, um, imagination and inspiration. And if you can tap into those, then you've got it. Yeah. Yeah. So it's not not like, okay. (laughs) No, that was perfect. That's uh, honestly, I was like, that's like one of the best definitions that I've heard. It's like very straightforward. And it's like, I completely understand, um, which I love. Not a typical definition, but it's more of an equation. Yes, which I like. I like that yeah. the past chemist in me really enjoys that. I'm like, this is nice. Um, <laughs> where can uh, people find you and um, follow you and support you? So I am at Katie Chatham Studio on Instagram and TikTok. And then my website is katiechatham.com. And then where you can buy my work, like buy my prints and paintings, um, is katiechathamstudio.squarespace.com. Um, com. So we'll have everything. (laughs) This is awesome. Thank you so much, Katie. This has been fabulous guys. I know you've enjoyed this interview and I hope you've enjoyed it as much as I have. Definitely go check Katie out. And if you loved this uh, episode, please share it with a friend. Uh, We love when you repost or we see you guys posting on Instagram and all the things so that we can repost you. Um, And yeah, I will see you guys next time. Bye. Bye. (laughs)